0: chapter seventeen of taking the bastille by alexander dumas translated by henry l williams this librivox recording is in the public domain the countess of charny gilbert had retired into a window recess while the king paced the bull's-eye hall called on account of a round window in the wall thinking now of public matters then of his visitor's persistence though nothing but news from paris ought to have enchained him Suddenly the door opened and the lady entered, dressed in the extreme of the showy and fantastic fashion of Marie Antoinette and her court. She was lovely, this Countess Charny, with a peerless figure and her hand was aristocratic to the utmost, with which she played with a small cane. She, Andrea Tavernay, muttered Gilbert, involuntarily shrinking behind the curtains. My lady, I ask your presence for a little information, began the monarch, seeing nothing of Gilbert's emotion. I am ready to satisfy your majesty. The voice attracted the doctor, who came a little forward. A week ago or so, a blank letter under the royal seal was delivered to Minister Necker, went on the king, for the arrest gilbert had his eye on the lady who was pale feverish and fretful as if bent under the weight of a secret the warrant was applied for by your ladyship and countersigned by the queen i say this to refresh your memory why do you not say something countess it is true your majesty she faltered in a feverish abstraction i wrote for the letter filled up the blanks and the queen backed it will you please tell me what crime the person committed for whom the measure was taken demanded louis sire i may not do that but i shall say the crime was great then you should do so to the object continued the king What you refuse, to King Louis XVI? You cannot, Dr. Gilbert. He stepped aside to discover the doctor, who opened the curtains and appeared as pale as the staggering lady. She tossed her head backwards, as if going to swoon, and only kept her footing by aid of a table. She leaned on it in dull despair, like one whom a snake-bite was filling with poison. My lady, Let me put the question to you which the king addressed, said Gilbert. Andrea's lips moved, but no sound struggled forth. What did I do to you, lady, that your order threw me into a hideous dungeon? The voice made her leap, as if it tore the very soul in her. Suddenly, lowering her cold gaze on him, she replied, Sir, I do not know you but while she was speaking the mesmerist stared at her with so much fixedness and his glance was so charged with invincible boldness that her own lost lustre under his countess you see what this abuse of the royal signature leads to gently reproved the monarch you confess you do not know this gentleman who is a renowned physician a learned man whom you can blame in no way andrea darted a withering glance at gilbert who bore it calmly and proudly i am saying that it is wicked to visit on the innocent the faults of another i know you have not a bad heart he hastened to add for he was trembling lest he offended his wife's favorite and that you would not pursue anybody in your hatred unless he merited it but. You will understand that such mistakes must not be made in the future. Doctor, he went on, turning to the other hearer. These things are the fault of our period, rather than of persons. We are born in corruption, and we shall die in it, but we are going to try to make matters better, in which work I expect you to join us, dear doctor. He stopped thinking he had said enough to please both parties if he had spoken thus at a parliamentary session he would have been applauded but his audience of two personal enemies little heeded his conciliatory philosophy but recommenced gilbert while not knowing me you knew another gilbert whose crime weighs upon his namesake it is not my place to question the lady will your majesty deign to inquire of her ladyship what this infamous man did countess you cannot refuse so just a request the queen must know since she authorised the arrest said andrea evasively but it is not enough that the queen should be convinced said the sovereign IT IS NECESSARY THAT THE KING ALSO SHOULD KNOW. THE QUEEN IS WHAT SHE IS, BUT I AM THE KING. SIRE, THE GILBERT FOR WHOM THE WARRANT WAS INTENDED COMMITTED A HORRIBLE CRIME SIXTEEN YEARS AGO. WILL YOUR MAJESTY PLEASE inquire WHAT AGE THIS GILBERT IS TODAY? HE MAY BE THIRTY-TWO replied andrea sire then the crime was done by a boy not a man and does he not deserve some indulgence who has for sixteen years deplored his boyish crime you seem to know him has he committed no other crime than this sin of youth demanded the king i am less indulgent to him than others but i can say that he reproaches himself with none other only with having dipped his pen in poison and written odious libels sire please ask my lady if the real cause of the arrest and committal of this gilbert was not to enable his enemies particularly one enemy to get possession of a certain casket containing papers "'possibly compromising a great lady of the court.' "'Andrea shuddered from head to foot. "'Countess, what casket is this?' inquired the king, who noticed the plain, pallor and agitation of the lady. "'No more shifting and subterfuges,' cried Gilbert, feeling that he was master of the situation. "'Enough falsehoods on both sides.' I am gilbert of the crime the libels the casket and you the real great lady of the court i take the king as the judge accept him and we will tell our judge under heaven and the king will decide tell his majesty what you please but i shall say nothing more for i do not know you responded the haughty lady and the casket you do not know about that no more than a few. but she shook with the effort to make this denial like a statue rocking at the base beware said the doctor you cannot have forgotten that i am the pupil of balsamo cagliostro the magician who has transmitted to me the power he had over you once only will you answer the question my casket then lifting his hand full of threatening He thundered. Nature of steel, heart of adamant, bend, melt, shatter under the irresistible pressure of my will. You shall speak, Andrea, and none, king or any powers less than heavens, shall subtract you from my sway. You shall unfold your mind to the august witness, and he shall read what you hid in the black recesses of your soul. Sire, You shall know all through her who refuses to speak. Sleep, Andrea Tavernay, Countess of Charnay. Sleep and speak, for I will it. Hardly were these words uttered before the woman, stopped short and beginning a scream, held out her arms for support as if struck by blindness. Finding none, she fell into the king's arms, and he placed her in a chair. Ah! exclaimed he, trembling like herself. "'I have heard about hypnotism, but never saw an exhibition. "'Is not this magnetic sleep to which you oblige her to succumb, doctor?' "'Yes, my lord. "'Take her hand and ask her why she had me arrested.' "'Astounded by the scene, Louis receded, but interested. "'He did as directed.' as andrea resisted the magnetizer touched the crown of her head with his palm saying speak i will it she sighed and her arms fell her head sank back and she wept hug i hate you she hissed hate away but speak so countess said the king you wanted to arrest and imprison the doctor yes and the casket how could i leave that in his hands muttered the lady in a hollow voice tell me about that said the king forgetting etiquette and kneeling beside the countess i learned that gilbert who had in sixteen years been twice back in France, purposed another voyage to settle here. Chief of Police Crosney informed me that he had on a previous return bought an estate at Villers-Cotteret, that his farmer enjoyed his trust, and I suspected that the casket with his papers was at his house. How could you suspect that? I... I went to mesmer's, and had myself put into a trance. When my own medium, I wrote down the revelations I wanted. Wonderful! Exclaimed the sovereign. I went to Chief Crossney, and he lent me his best man, one Wolfstep, who brought me the casket. Where is it? cried Gilbert. No lying, where is my casket? In my rooms at Versailles, said Andrea, trembling nervously and bursting into tears. Wolfstep is waiting for me here by appointment since eleven. Twelve was striking. Where is he? Standing in the waiting room, leaning on the mantel shelf, The casket is on the table before him. Oh, haste! Count Charny, who was not to return before tomorrow, will be back tonight on account of the events. He is at Sever now. Get Wolfstub away, for fear my lord will see him. Your Majesty hears. This casket belongs to me. Will the king please order it to be returned to me? instantly placing a screen before the countess louis called the officer on duty and gave him orders what to do this curiosity of a monarch whose throne was being undermined to a purely physical problem would make those smile who expected him to be engrossed with politics but he concentrated himself on this private speculation and returned to see the mesmerizer and the medium in the mesmeric slumber andrea's wondrous beauty was displayed in its entire splendor she who had in her youth enthralled louis the fifteenth now enchanted his successor gilbert turned his head away sighing he could not resist the prompting to give his adored this degree of supernal beauty and now more unhappy than pygmalion for he knew how insensible was the lovely statue he was frightened By his own work gilbert knew how to own his ignorance like all superior men he knew what he could do but not the wherefore where did you study the art under mesmer asked the king i saw the most astonishing phenomena ten years ago before that german came into france my master was a more amazing man superior to any one you can name, for I have seen him execute surgical operations of incredible daring. No science was unknown to him, but I ought not to utter his name before your majesty. I should like to hear it, though it was Satan's himself. My lord, you honor me almost with a friend's confidence in speaking thus. My master was Baron Balsamo, afterwards count cogliostro that charlatan exclaimed louis blushing for he could not help remembering the plot of the diamond necklace in which cogliostro had figured as friend of cardinal rohan and consequently enemy of marie antoinette the king believed his wife but the world thought that she had participated in the fraud on the court jewelers we have related the story according to our lights in the volume of this series entitled the queen's necklace charlatan repeated gilbert warmly you are right the name comes from the italian word meaning to patter to talk freely and no one was more ready than cogliostro to talk instructively where the seed would fall on fruitful ground this cogliostro whom you praise "'was a great enemy of kings,' observed Louis. "'Rather say of queens,' retorted Gilbert. "'In the trial of Prince Rohan his conduct was equivocal.' Sire, then, as ever, he fulfilled his mission to mankind. "'He may have acted mistakenly then, "'but I studied under the physician and philosopher, "'not under the politician.' Well, well, said the king, suffering under the wound to his person and his pride. We are forgetting the countess, who is in pain. I will awaken her presently, for here is the casket coming. In fact, the messenger was arriving with the small box, which he handed to the king. He nodded his satisfaction, and the officer went out. Sire! "'It is my casket, but I would remark that it contains papers damning to the countess, and—' "'Carry it away unopened, sir,' said the monarch coldly. "'Do not awaken the lady here. I detest shrieks, groans, noise. "'She will awaken wherever you suggest her removal.' "'In the queen's apartments will be best.' how long will it take 10 minutes awaken in 15 minutes ordered the mesmerizer to the lady two guardsmen entered and carried out the countess seated on the chair my lady fainted here said the king to the officer bear her to the queen what can i do for you dr gilbert he asked when they were alone I wish to be honorary house physician to your Majesty; it is a position which will do nobody umbrage, and is more of trust than emolument and lustre! Granted. Goodbye, Doctor Gilbert; remind me affectionately to Necker; bring me supper, he added, for nothing could make the King forget a meal. End of chapter seventeen. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.